Are you looking for a podcast where the hosts keep it real? Then add the Let's Get Cancel podcast to your playlist. This is the official podcast of your host, Casual Ninja. Join Ninja and his co-host as they discuss all kinds of topics. They discuss dating, current events, life in New York City, and a whole lot more. But be warned, Let's Get Cancel is extremely entertaining. The Let's Get Cancel podcast, available on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Anchor, Amazon Music, Amazon Audible, Google Podcast, Overcast, Breaker, Radio Public, and Pocket Cast. Add the Let's Get Cancel podcast to your playlist right now. Let's Get Cancel podcast. Oh, what's up, everybody? This is Let's Get Cancel podcast with Casual Ninja and Bowen Trucker. What's good? Yep. And welcome to 2022, everybody. The new year. Hope everybody had a good, happy New Year's last night. All the partying and all the drunk and whatnot. And then somebody already got killed already for the first killing of 2022 last night. Not surprising. Somebody gets killed every day regardless of it's the New Year or not. Yep. Yeah. Uh, pretty much. But uh, what is your take on 2021? Well, it was a rough year for a lot of people. You know, a lot of people like to go out and socialize and spend money and, you know, get out amongst the, the, the masses. And for a lot of people that rely on that for stimuli and to validate themselves, they had to look to other ways to validate themselves. And for a lot of people, it was hard. But, you know, the only change, the only thing in life that's a constant is change. Thanks. So, well, have you experienced any hardship in 2021? Hell no. Not even close. I haven't. I haven't had no um, hardship in 2021, but I did bear witness to many hardships of. The past two years. The past two years or the past year? The past two years of COVID. Okay. I've seen coworkers get killed by it. I've lost friends to it. I've lost friends on the job due to the nature of the job. Gun violence, whatever. I've seen a lot of my friends lose family members to COVID and, uh, other senseless murders from the Bronx away to Brooklyn. Things I haven't really discussed with anybody. Um, most of my most of my sadness comes from other people because I can feel their pain. At least I can sympathize with them. More people actually call me to talk to me about their problems more than I let to. Let me believe, actually. Why answer the phone? Because I know what it feels like to need somebody to talk to. Okay. And it's just like, I try to be that person that I wish somebody was there for me. So I just try to be there for people. 
But when I when I call somebody a friend, I actually that word actually means something to me. Right. Just like you know, I just try to be there for people, especially if I care about you. And even though the same thing is not always shown to me, but I try to be that change I want to see. And it's been a hard year for a lot of people, and I and I, I sympathize with them. I've told I've told many people that I'm so used to loss because I grew up every year growing up in my life, most of my family passed away. All I got left is my mom and my grandmother. You know, once they go and that's it. You know, I'm dolo family wise. So So you have no other family members besides mom and grandma? That I'm close to that I have a relationship with. I'm not close to the rest of my family, nor have I tried to, nor have they tried to. So I tried to form my own version of my family through brotherhoods and everything else. How's that been working out? Well, it has its ups and downs. You know, sometimes you wish you, uh, the way you be there for people, sometimes you wish they would sympathize with your situation as well. That's not always the case. The reasons why people choose to not be there for other people, I try not to let it be the same reason for me. I know maybe that makes me a fool, but I feel like somebody has to be that glimmer of hope for somebody. Why me? There's no specific reason. I'm I'm not special other than nobody else will. Just because this world is dark doesn't mean I have to be. I mean, the world is what you make it. If you look at it as dark, then all you're going to see is darkness. If you see it as light, then all you're going to see is the light. If you want to look at it as a little bit of both, then it is what it is. I try not to focus on the dark. I had enough of that in my life. Before I even hit 21, so it's easy not to focus on it now. Well, honestly, you just seem quiet, man. You just seem like you just, I want to say gave up. You just don't care no more. That's an opinion. I really don't care about other people's opinions. Unless you're paying my bills, why should I give a fuck? Well, you don't have to take it there. I mean, it could just be just a friendly banter. No, I'm not. See, the thing is, I'm going to be a realist about everything. I mean, I I said it before. Your feelings or anybody else's feelings, that's your problem, not mine. You know, some people might look at it as, oh, you've been through a lot. You gave up. It ain't about giving up. It's about what it is. And I decided to take it for what it is and stop lying to myself about what I want it to be. And you got to realize before most of y'all hit 21, I've been in the hospital. By the time I was 21, 12 years of my life was spent in the hospital consistently. Yeah, I know that. I never knew 
before I was 21, if I was going to live. Before I hit 21, I never knew if I was going to live to be 21. So I had to find a joy in everything. So to sit back and wonder about how bad the world is all the time, it's like, I, I've been there, I've done that. You know, I know what it's like to wonder if my life is going to not even mean something, but if I'm going to have a life. So to constantly worry about the, the bad part of the world, for what? Look, I, I wouldn't necessarily focus on the bad part of the world. I just said, when I hear so many tragedies, I just think it's unfortunate. I don't really look at anybody's fault. But that's just the natural part of life. I mean, the purpose of life is death. Period. Some people might find that as depressing. Some people might find it as an uplifting thing because one, you know, depending on what your spiritual or theological beliefs might be, there's something better waiting for you. But either way, it's going to be what it's going to be. I mean, that's why, you know, I don't watch the news like that. I read, I read a lot, but I don't watch the news because I know the news is basically a format to sell you something. They're always going to sensationalize the, the tragedies that go on so that they can sell you something that seems to be uplifting. And I just choose not to go down that path. I mean, I get it, but how would you teach your children that? Teach them what? If I have children, you know, I'm, I would teach them basically, you know, the world's not a perfect place. People are imperfect. People have a lot of personal demons they deal with that you may not be aware of. And sometimes when people take things out on you, it's not because it's your fault. But at the same time, just be the best you the best way you can. I could tell you about life and prepare you for it, but the worst thing I could do for you and your growth and development is to shield you from it. Well, see, the thing about being a parent is do you realize that at a, at a certain age of your child's life, you don't have that much influence over them as you might want to? You know, when they're between the ages of birth and I'd say maybe the third grade, mom and dad are the shit. Yeah, everything to them. But once that social influence starts to get at them, they change, regardless of what you might want to teach them. I mean, there's no person out here alive that can say they got no sound advice from their parents about how life is and stuck just to that advice. Everybody wants to think on some level they're different, they're special. So some of the mistakes that you try to teach them about not making, they still go out and do the same shit. Even if you didn't make that mistake, they still go out and do it. So you just do the best you can and hope for the best. Well, hoping for the best is one thing I, I do all the time, actually. <laughs> but yeah, now, but, but are you prepared prepared for the worst? Oh, 
regardless if you are or not, it's going to happen anyway. Yeah, but if you're not prepared for it, it's always going to seem shocking. Well, trust me, as I get older, things in my life not exactly pertain to me, but things in this world are still pretty shocking to me. Man, like, I see, for me, the biggest shock, well, one of the shocks I remember is, like, you know, I grew up in the projects. So at a young age, I didn't really understand what the projects meant. I just know how people around me responded to me living in the projects, which I just didn't understand. So when I'm inviting people over to come hang out and they're basically saying, like, nah, you live in the projects. And I'm like, so? Yeah, but it's dangerous over there. I'm like, what do you mean dangerous? The same level of danger that they perceived, I just didn't see it that way because I lived it. Now, I did understand later on that because I'm in the project, there's a certain time and place, a certain time that people that don't live there should move. But is that really any different from any in any neighborhood? Well, I mean, everything has a double standard. People feel safe in the suburbs, but there's actually more like opioids and methamphetamine users in suburbs than there are in the projects. <laughs> yeah, but there's more violence in the projects. Yeah, so there's still, you know. So if all I got to worry about is a dope fiend living in the suburbs, I'll take that over living in the projects. Because the projects, you're under constant, constant threat of violence. Well, in, in the projects, you got to move like you're always on the run. Exactly. In the suburbs, I ain't got to move like that. You just got to work about home invasions and break-ins, shit like that. Well, you take steps to try to prevent that. But oh. it's the same. See, in the suburbs, I might have to worry about break-ins and home invasions. But when you get on that elevator in the projects, you got to worry about somebody stepping in that elevator and robbing you. You got to worry about going down that staircase and somebody robbing you on the sixth floor. It's the same thing. It's just a different scenario. True. And honestly, one has a higher expectation of occurrence than the other. Yeah, there's home invasions, no doubt. But there's nowhere near the same amount of home invasions that there are people getting robbed in the hood. Well, we know the concept of you can't change your environment, so you just have to move from it. Yeah, which is why putting money into the projects is the worst thing you could ever do. That's true. But why do you think it's true? Well, public housing, you're not really... It's the whole environment. The whole environment is set up for you to fail, to be in a box. You know, only, and the funny thing is, even with some of us who make it out of the projects, we still take that mentality and lifestyle with us, regardless of the money. So it's probably really based on money. Not really, based on mindset. Yeah, see, that's the problem with the projects. It's a mindset. But see, at the same time, it's not a, it's not, See, all it takes is one bad apple to spoil a bunch. So for the most part, the projects is a really good place to live. Mm -hmm. 
but because you got a couple of bad apples in there, it makes it a hard a harder to live there. Ain't like every ain't like you got whole buildings that are ganged up. Whole sides of, uh, of the street that are ganged up. It's a couple of apples here and there. It's not like when you came, like you figure eight apartments per floor for, for a building that's got 14 floors. So eight times 14 is what? Eight times 14? Yeah. Tell you right now. Eight times 14. 112. 112. Say that again. 112. So you got 112 apartments in every building. So now let's multiply that 112 by let's just say everybody's got three people in a family. Mm-hmm. So 112 divided, I mean, times three, that's six. Three, 336 people per building. Out of those 336 people in that building, you might have 15 that do crime. But that's going to affect every last person in that building. Yeah, that is true. Uh, JT got a new video out. Can't watch that shit. <laughs> um, <clears throat> But now, what do you think when it comes to 2022? What do you plan looking forward to um, the new year as of accomplishments, personally and not personally? Well, personally, I'm not going to speak on because that is really nobody's business. But business-wise, I hope this company, you know, takes off. I hope I make more money. I hope I have more financial freedom. And based on how things have gone for me year after year, that's a given. So really, I just hope I move better with what I make. I um, I want the same thing. Um, I want to make an impact this year. Not just in my business, but on just on on people's lives. It's actually one of the reasons why I made this podcast, just so people can actually just broaden their horizons. Especially, you got two people of color on this podcast from two different backgrounds, but similar ethnic backgrounds. I just want to open up people's minds, and at the same day. You'd be surprised how many fights and wars you can stop just by having a conversation. Well, I just want to keep people entertained. As far as expanding people's minds and all that other, hey, that's on them. I oh, mean, you, can lead a horse, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Well, no, this podcast has expanded my mind, especially with the experiences with past co-hosts and um, our conversations. Like, I've learned so much. Um, and I'm grateful for everything I've learned and experienced. I try not to take things um, for granted anymore, especially as I get older. So I just want <coughs> I just want the message to be out there that time is very precious. So just be wise who you spend it with and who you give it to. 
Well, I think that's the message everybody has. But do they pay attention to it? That's something different. But speaking of this year, uh, things that have gone down, uh, what do you think about Kyle Rittenhouse? On that white boy who got cleared for the killing of two white people during that little. It wasn't three. He, oh, well, I, I know it was like two or three of them. I mean, honestly, I don't even know what to say about it. Am I surprised he got cleared? No. I mean, I don't see what the outrage is because for once it's not two colored people being gunned down. But, uh, it's like what you want us to say. It's just like so you don't see the outrage. Me personally, no, I don't see what's the big outrage about. Okay. Um what do you know about it? He was trying to protect his store from looters. He was and, trying to protect his store? Well, he was trying to protect a store from looters. Okay. He hated- was was he contracted to do that? No, he took it upon himself. How old was he? How old is he? Is he under is he under 21? Yep. Well, I'm pretty sure the gun laws are a bit lighter, whatever state that was in. Well, gun laws are light as far as you're getting a rifle, shotgun, handgun is a whole, a whole different story. But the thing is, here's a person that took it upon themselves. <laughs> to arm themselves, go out into public and protect something he was never asked to protect. And as a result of that, he ends up killing three people, two or three people. The outrage is like, yo, B, like nobody asked you. Mm-hmm. Part of the outrage would be me being a melanated person. What would, be, what would the outcome have been if I did that? It would have been, oh, you got prosecuted probably not in the jail. Right. Then when you think about the fact that he was going out during a Black Lives Matter rally. Well, if you know the history of the Black Lives Movement, how much violence is associated with the protests? Um, well, most violent is not. However, it's still looked upon as violent. Now, mind you, he didn't kill anybody that was melanated, but he still killed three people. Unprovoked. So that they didn't have weapons? What weapons? The people he killed, they didn't have no weapons on them? Just because you walk around with a weapon, you should get killed? I should have been dead then. I know what I'm saying. So he wasn't provoked or threatened. How many people you know gonna provoke or threaten somebody walking around with an AR-15? Not many. Maybe a suicide bomb. <laughs> so we're talking about an underage, unmatured person being allowed to walk around with a high capacity weapon to protect something. What do you know about protecting something? Then when you dig into his past and realize that he's had instances where He's been caught impersonating an officer, security personnel. Dude got issues. That part I didn't know. (laughs) You know, when you dig into the whole court case and realize that the judge banned 
uh, prosecution or defendants from referring to the people as victims, well, what were they then? No, nah, they're still victims, regardless if you don't want to acknowledge it as, as such. Right, but it changes the whole scope of how the people look at the justice for what happened. Right, that's why they always say justice is blind, but they, they just want to see him as a child. Which makes it even worse. Yeah. <laughs> well, when it comes to, the thing is, when it comes to law, once you choose anything law abiding to be subjective, that's when it becomes biased. And unfortunately, right. our system is biased to the T. What he got away with, I couldn't get away with, you couldn't get away with. That's just what it is. Even though they are more fucked up than we are, that's not what society says. So it's a, it's a double standard. Yeah, well, my position on it is this little ass should be in jail right now. You had no security credentials. Nobody asked you or contracted you to protect their property. So you took it upon yourself to go out armed and defend what? I mean, it's not like they said, well, when he shot the people, they went in a, a, a process of trying to rob a store. True. His immature ass perceived the threat, so he decided to kill him. He probably just saw it as an opportunity to kill people. Which is exactly something he said previous prior to actually doing that. See, it's like, until you serve on a jury and you understand what you have to deliberate over, people just don't understand how the justice system works. When they tell you that you can't look at newspapers or anything outside of this case that might influence your decision, you're not supposed to do that. So when you look at just the facts that are being presented to you, Sometimes when you look at the, the conclusions that people come to, it's not hard to see why. Yeah. Well, what do you think about all these rappers that died this year? Mm. It made the profession as a rapper look more dangerous than what it used to. You know, back in the day, rap was about lyricism. Now it's about beef. So you think all the rappers that died this year was behind beef? I mean, I mean, it had to be. So DMX died behind beef. All right, so you're talking about the ones who actually got killed, not then that not died of like natural causes. He's like one. What's, what's natural about overdosing? I was talking about like gun violence and stuff. I was talking no, about I just what I said was what do you think about the rappers that died this year? I didn't say how. Oh, all right. Well, if that's the case, um, it's unfortunate because these rappers have a toxic lifestyle that money can't protect them from. So Shock G had a toxic lifestyle. Biz Markey had a toxic lifestyle. 
What did they die from again? Bismarck? Kidney yeah. failure. And the other guy? Shock G? Mm-hmm. Uh, don't really, I can't really say what it was. Might have been heart failure, but it wasn't because he was out in the streets acting wild. All right, so what's the point you trying to get at when it comes to these rappers? Just what do you think about all these rappers that died this shit? No, I just feel like it's a a, a lifestyle that caused they they early demise. How so? You know the you know the rappers who got killed by gun violence or because that's because of beef. Um, then you have rappers who have conflicting personal issues uh, mentally wise they'll overdose on drugs we've had a lot of those do that I mean hell even DMX was a drug user rappers have what about what about Black Rob he just didn't take care of himself Yeah, he doesn't take care. It's like money's a tool. If you are a good person, you're gonna do good things with it. If you're a bad person, you're gonna do bad things with it. Doesn't mean you're gonna hurt any uh hurt others with it, but that also includes hurting yourself. Well, my take on it is that as far as the hip hop community is concerned, this might have been one year that sort of biggest amount of deaths in that genre of music. I'm not going to look at necessarily their lifestyle or what they did. It's just a tragedy that the culture of hip-hop had to take so many losses this year. Now, to look at all the different circumstances, you know, for me, some of them was just amazing that some of them were these big icons. Well, not, not even one, just not even some of them, but like, uh, Wiz, I think his name was Wiz from Houdini. Mm-hmm. Made a big impact in the, in the in the culture. You know, had some um some bangers that were played out. But to me, the tragedy is that when he passed on, for whatever money you made over the years, your family still had to set up a GoFundMe page to put you to rest. You just made my point. <laughs> That's the point. <laughs> they lifestyle. Their lifestyle, they didn't make right decisions with the money that they had currently. There ain't no point for a person who made millions of dollars for a couple of years to need to go well, for money. Well, see, rap back then, they didn't make millions of dollars. Mm. They're making millions of dollars now. But it just, for me, it just made me wonder what went on in his life that he didn't have the kind of money he would need to bury himself. I think that's just a cultural thing. Well, I mean, how many people you know, how many melanated people you know got life insurance policies? Or think that far ahead? Uh, not many. They'll have, they'll have many kids that are wet lock. They'll be multiple girls pregnant. They'll do everything but what they're supposed to do. 
don't know, because see, Bismarck wasn't like that. From what I understand, Shock G wasn't like that. That's why I said it's just unfortunate that for the culture that we had this many, these this many people go. But as far as their personal choices, unless we digging into their history word for word, going that route, I, I think is just trying to lump lump everybody into one category. Well, look at Snoop Dogg, for example. I just watched a video about him a couple of days ago. I did not realize how hard his life was. I mean, his daughter almost committed suicide. She, she struggles with depression. He lost his mother this year. Well, September of 2021. That's, just, uh, that's life. I, I know, but it's just like, when you see a certain perspective of somebody's life, you just think that, wow, you wish that was you. Until you actually like walk in their shoes of like how they got there, what they're going through while they're in that line, it's just like you might want to reconsider it. I mean, from my experience, you know, I had a, I had an opportunity to go that route, but I'm always going to be a student of whatever it is I'm dealing with. And when I look at the history of a lot of people that went into this 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 area of life, the end result just doesn't seem to be that great regardless of how much money they make. Yeah. Because, I mean, for all the rap, all, all the joints that DMX made, all the bangers that he made, what's what's the legacy he left behind? He was a dope fiend. Got like 10 kids that wasn't able to put enough money away to provide for none of them afterwards. No, you're right. So regardless of what, what kind of hip-hop songs he made and how much you might love them, bottom line is you love to do, you, you love music from a dude that was a dope fan. Yeah, you put it that way. So, so it's unfortunate. And then you said today, we, last night, we lost Betty White. Yeah. All right, what's tragic about that? She had a light. She had a presence. I never really, I've never met her, but from what I've seen of her, she was just like a glowing light of energy. Like she's just one of those people that you just like to be around, enjoy watching. You know, it's just, they're the type of, She's that person that she will always put a smile on your face. You know, you're not going to forget her. You know, it's just certain people you think about, it just brings a, a warmth feeling in your heart. I can't say I got that same warmth, but let me ask you this. Um, when Ruby D and Ozzy Davis passed on, how'd that make you feel? Uh, I gotta tell you, man, it sucks if I don't know them by name. Okay. So why do you know Betty White? I used to watch the show Golden Girls growing up. And what part of the Golden Girls reflected 
your experience? Oh, no. Um, my experience, it was just, um, I never seen a show with a group of women that I felt hilarious. So that was new to me. You know, I, I never knew what women were funny. <laughs> so until I saw shows like Living Single, you know, Girlfriends. Now, I didn't watch these shows consistently, but, you know, dating the girlfriends I did, I, I watched the shows with them. <laughs> so, but it just brought a different perspective to me, you know, especially when it comes to white women. Because when you think of comedy, you don't think of white women. But it was hilarious. It was a funny show. You know, and plus getting a different, um, I guess, perspective from older people older than you. They might not be your complexion, but, you know, it comes to relationships and anything else like that nature. Okay, well, I definitely don't see it that way because, you know, growing up, I had I Love Lucy. I had that too. I had Carol Burnett. Yeah. So white women being funny or looked at as comedians, that's nothing new to me. But Betty White passing on, yes, it's, it's definitely a tragedy. But it's not going to impact me the same way that I would say Ruby D and Ozzy Davis would. And that's because I know what kind of struggle they went through for my community. And I know that as far as my community is concerned, they were like a, a beacon of light because they were married for so long and they struggled together. So I look at them as the example of it's a lot easier to make it with somebody else than it is to make it on your own. Plus, I met them. Yeah, and I'll do it. Met them at the at a restaurant. That's pretty cool. You know, the people I met that I was so happy to meet was Wu-Tang Clan. When I met you guys, Capadonna, RZA, Master Killer, it was like meeting my heroes for once. Why were they your heroes? They, uh, they were different. You know, it was like they whole group was just based on Kung Fu movies and whatnot. And they just related to related to it in some type of fashion. It was a different type of thing for like black people. At least for me it was. Like it was like just different concept. So they were I always thought Wu Tang was unique. And when you see a group of guys from the projects from different hoods make some themselves. I mean hell look at Method man. He came a long way. Like seeing people like that gives people like me who grow up in the slums that you have other options in life. I don't have to agree with that. All right, so what do you think about all the people that raided the, the, the White House? Well, as a man who's not really big on politics, for you guys to listen to a celebrity who became president, like Trump, who tells you to raid the White House, it's like he was like the king of all the hillbillies. I mean, you had to be a, you had to be a hillbilly to do King some, yeah, to do some dumb shit like that. It's like he reached everybody from the bayou to do something so monotonous as raid as a nation's capital, bro. And the thing, there's no consequences. 
Well, the people who did it, there was consequences, but because you're Donald Trump and you have millions behind your name, you did not do no type of prison time for treason. So you think he should have done some kind of been accountable for it somehow? Yes, yes. You just declared war on a nation that you used to be president of. You should have been hung. Facts. He should have been held just accountable as the people that raided the White House. Exactly. But everybody was hillbillies. I don't know why white people, especially when it comes to politics, everybody they fight, they lose in their country to somebody. They lose in their country to Mexicans. They lose in their country to black people. But dude, y'all are the people with the millions. What the, what the fuck are you losing? But how are you going to lose something that was never yours in the first place? At the same time, how are you gonna lose something that you stole and still have power over? Facts, but see, here goes here goes something that's real interesting. Until they became one massive group, they didn't have the same amounts of power that they had when this country first started. That's just how it was. But once they decided to be just white, everybody's white, regardless of what your cultural background might be or your ethnic background might be, they were still divided. True. But I don't see much racism amongst other white people. You don't see like Irish against Italians. No, but, no. There's, a, but there's a history of it. There's a history of it, but no, only that's um, paraded is, you know, white versus black, Puerto Rican versus Dominican. This, you know, like, like, like fucking sport team type shit. Well, what it comes down to is what I don't watch is what the news tells you. Yeah. Well, the only thing the news talk about is COVID-19 now every freaking day. Which is, again, why I don't watch the news. Because all they try to do is depress you. I mean, I know there's been news outlets that try to do some type of uplifting thing that happened. It didn't last. Because people like drama. And the reason they like drama is if it's not happening bad in their life, they feel like they're in a better place. See, that's the thing. I never felt accomplished because somebody was doing worse than me. I don't see what's the appeal in that. It's like, okay, so so you're having a hard moment in your life. That's not make me better than you. That's not make me feel accomplished in you. At the same time, it's misleading. It's delusional. Yeah, it's, it's very misleading. Yeah, but see, you got to realize some people don't want to deal with their reality, so they're willing to live in fantasy. Yeah. Just like the people that stormed the White House and thought they was going to be good. Yeah, really? I don't know why they thought that. <laughs> really? I mean, because yeah, here's the thing. I mean, we, we talk about white privilege, but there's limits. <laughs> How so? They got charged, didn't they? So they, the, everybody kept on saying, oh, if this was a group of black people, they would have been shot on sight. Granted, you're probably right. But these white people still face the time. So there's levels to white privilege. I don't think because you're white, you're going to get away with everything. Well, technically, you're not going to get away with nothing. Yeah. But if you listen to the news enough and you don't do your own fact-finding, you'll realize that, or you'll, you'll always feel like, white people have a bigger privilege than melanated people or people placed in the so-called minority. 
Yeah. Because there was a time when Italians came to this country and they were put in that position. Really? Yeah. I feel like all of these ethnic groups, like Italians and Irish, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like all they hard times have passed. Uh, nah. Because really what it comes down to in this country is economics. And your financial knowledge. I mean, when you think about the fact that, and this isn't said for the Black community, the Asian community, the Latino community, the Indigenous American community, the whatever community you want to say. When they say across the board, people live check to check, that's for everybody. That's the majority, not the minority. Right. So when you think about how people want to look down on others, it's like, really? You live you live the same way everybody else do. You live in check to check. Yeah, but that's when, you the think, thing. when you think that the majority of Americans couldn't afford a $500 emergency, that's just fucking sad across the board. This ain't just in a, a black community or Latino or an Italian or Irish. That shit's across the board. Yeah, but think about the whole delusion part. A lot of people think rich people are evil, right? But the same people who think rich people are evil, you want the same riches. Facts. That's a fact. So it's like so so how are they evil? So it's like it's just it's just so well that's another point I want to bring up. I'm 32. I'm about to be 33. And yet the reason why I'm things in this world still shock me to this very day is because the constant contradiction I see in grown-ups. Well, if you understand how history works, a lot of this stuff ain't going to surprise you. Because if you don't know your history, you're doing to repeat the same shit over and over again. I've been learning my history as it comes. <laughs> well, that's not good. I know. But let's look at it this way. How many people still, we talked about this last week, how many people still celebrate Christmas in a traditional way? Damn uh, everybody, right? Yeah. Be it Christmas, Kwanzaa, whatever the hell it is, Hanukkah, whatever it is, right? You're still celebrating this, this holiday in a traditional stance. Yet when your children hit 18, they ain't got no money to do nothing. Whereas a financial advisor, a fiduciary would tell you, hey, look, instead of giving your children all these toys that they're not going to be using or even maintain, why don't you put some money into it? interest-bearing account, or why don't you get some life insurance for it? So that when they hit 18, they got some money to go out there and really do something with their lives. What most people end up doing is setting their own children up for the same struggles they went through. Except for the minority. And that's only what? The 1%? And the 1% controls the 99%. Well, you know, it's like the God body say. Five percenters. Five percent of people know the truth. Eighty-five percent of deaf, dumb, and blind, controlled by the fifteen percent. Thanks. 
But even though you can put this out there to people over and over again, they're still going to choose to do what they want, which is, you know, when you say, what are you going to teach your children? <clears throat> teach a child everything. When you look at all these, these people, these 1% people that got all the money in the world that everybody's struggling to get. It's not like they got children that are coming out better than everybody else's. They still got kids that are fucked up. True. True. So basically what it just comes down to is personal choice. Personal choice um, and religion. The thing is, religion is like a last resort most people run to, to have some type of sense of direction. That's why I to me, religion. <clears throat> no, to me, religion, I never saw religion as a good thing. Why? Misleading. You know, uh, big hopes and dreams and folk tales. I told somebody one time, I said, do you know what religion means to me? It means this one God that has many names has one hell of a long birth certificate. Because it's the same dude that everybody prays who has different names to lead to the same salvation that everybody wanted to feel so freaking special for. When it's all BS. Well, religion is BS. Well, that's my point. It's, it's just point. like, it's just like, damn, son, you will really, besides your own personal take on life, you will want your existence to mean something. You know, yeah, so when you get a lot of people that realize their existence is basically going to end up being meaningless, they got to find something. Well, that's what I'm saying. If you find out that, like, you know, if there really is a God or not, and humans serve a purpose other than living and dying, if that's what our purpose is, like, what's the purpose of that purpose? Like, <laughs> like what's the purpose of living and dying if we're just, you know, a, isn't it best not exist in the first place if we go and become nothing again? Like, what was the point? <laughs> well, the preservation of life is the whole point of living. Being alive is a beautiful thing, period. Of course. And hopefully you're lucky enough to pass your genes on and keep that cycle of life going. That's it. So would you do 23andMe or Ancestry? Why? See, like, what, how far your family bloodline goes. Based on what, some bullshit they do? <laughs> well, I wasn't even sure that shit was true or not. It's not. In order to do a proper genealogical search, you need DNA from you and both your parents. So was this a scam to like clone people or some shit? Yeah, it's pretty much a scam. Some people might even say it's a CIA-directed initiative to get DNA samples from all the people on the planet for other nefarious purposes coming down the line. Oh, well, they already use one of these services to solve a crime. Well, if they do DNA testing, why would they need that service to solve a crime? 
No, I've actually, I've, it had to be at least a year or two years ago, but I remember it was either FBI or one of the agencies that used either 23 and me or accessory to match the DNA to one of the killers. Well, it was in the paper. Okay, so there's one instance they use them. So should I value them now? Well, not even. It's just like the FBI having a backdoor to, to your Apple phones. They got a backdoor to everything. Like literally yeah. right now, somebody's watching this podcast. Isn't that creepy? Not really. I get it. I don't. In the world that we live in right now, I don't like it, but it's okay. Because I'm not doing, I'm not trying to commit, um, set up some terrorist action. I'm not plotting and scheming the demise of other people. The things that people do, especially when I had that special investigator question me at the time to get my clearance. The things that he named that, you know, have I ever did this down third? I was just like, people actually do this shit? Yeah. And I was I was disturbed. I was offended and disturbed because I was like, the fuck? Well, you got to ask yourself, what are you trying to get into? One of the biggest problems that has come that the policing forces have faced is the infiltration of deviant groups. I don't see the point of hurting others unless it's based on some type of revenge. Well, when you think about how many people that are involved in white supremacy that invaded, that infiltrated government positions, policing positions, I see a reason for that type of background check. Oh, no, Especially no, if I'm no. if I want to get involved in that type of work, but there's other areas of work that I can get involved in that don't involve that deep of a check into my background. Well, people who uh, think their race is superior to another race, you have a severe case of a god complex. Severe. That is what it is. We're all humans, regardless of what race. We all bleed the same. We all die. We all bathe, eat, and shit. But to think one race is inferior, I mean, Phil, look what Hitler did. Look what white supremacy did. And, and the funny, as many people they've killed, murdered, shanked, killed, you know, raped, all that shit, it has done nothing because you did not exterminate shit. You've tried, you killed millions, maybe billions, but you did not. Well, they definitely killed billions. Yeah, but you didn't, you have accomplished none. Well, see, the thing is, there's, there's what you're told, and then there's the facts. And a lot of times, the facts do not support what you're being told. So let me ask you this. Um, when you think about the slave trade in this country, how many Africans do you recall being brought to this country as slaves? Had to be hundreds. <laughs> Just hundreds? Well, I mean, if it's been going on for hundreds of years, I'm going to say it had to be millions then. 
Because didn't Slavery last 500 videos? Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, slavery in its own right was about 275 years. The oppression of those people overall was 400 plus years. But if you listen to what they tell you, and this is in our history books, mm -hmm. they brought millions of Africans over here as slaves, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you realize that that's a lie? That that's part of the whole white supremacy dogma? To overinflate their numbers to look superior. I can see that. It's called yellow journalism. And that's before it was even called that. But overall, there were about 12.5 million people that were taken yeah. from the continent of Africa to be enslaved. Only about 400,000 made it over. 400,000? Mm-hmm. Wow. But then when you think about the logistics that it would take to bring the millions of people over here that they claim, mm -hmm. it's impossible in the time span that they're talking about. Man, what? You got to think about how large were the ships they were using? How many people could they fit on that ship? How many people could they fit on that ship along with the supplies needed to sustain them for the months-long journey that it would take to get here? When you start putting all those things together, the only conclusion you can come to is they told you a fucking lie. Yeah. Well, yeah. Why are they always making these slave movies to remind you that you're a slave? <laughs> well, some of the slave movies, they consider it to be a historical reenactment when some of them actually are. But what I also look at is there was a time when the only time you saw us in a movie was as a maid, a butler, um, something that most people don't look upon as being the greatest line of work or a line of work that carries any deal of dignity. Mm -hmm. So when I'm looking at these slave movies, I'm actually thinking, well, at least a version of our story is getting out there. You said a version? A ver I mean, here's the thing. When you think about who your oppressors are, if I oppress you, why would you believe a word that came out of my mouth about your own history? Well, by saying that, then you also agree with the people who think we see you in Black History Month. Yeah, we should. You feel Because that minimalizes the impact we've had on this nation. What about Juneteenth? Juneteenth? was a private celebration. But most people can't even tell you what Juneteenth is. <clears throat> Lord knows I can't. So you can't celebrate something you don't know. We do all, we do all the time.
We do it. Well, how long you been celebrating Juneteenth? I never did. Because how long have you known about? Last year. Okay, so what is Juneteenth? They said somehow when the slaves are freed. That's part of it. But um, Juneteenth actually signifies Texas, who was the last state to ratify the amendment regarding that black people were no longer slaves. The last state in June, that's when they did it. That's the significance of Juneteenth. So basically what they're saying is until all of us were free, we weren't free. True. So Juneteenth was something that, for those of us that knew what our history was, it was a celebration. But for them to put Juneteenth out there as a holiday and not give the education or the historical significance behind it, it's a slap in the face. And it's a federal holiday now. Hey, I could care less. You give me you give me Hitler's day off, Hitler's birthday as a federal holiday. If you pay me extra, I could give a shit. Now I know some people are gonna be like, "Oh my goodness, that's crazy," but how crazy is it when you celebrate President's Day or Columbus Day? I was gonna say Columbus Day, yeah. But President's Day, President's Day. I mean, come on. I grew up when Washington's holiday was separate. And then they made it all just President's Day. But Washington had over 300 slaves. Washington used to pull teeth out of the slaves to make his own dentures. You want me to celebrate this man? Yeah, this whole time I thought he had wooden teeth. <clears throat> That's the folklore. That's not the history. Uh, and people even think Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves. No, he actually did legally. But the reasons why is what's been misconstrued. Oh, yeah, that's the funny thing about history, man. Nope, it's not the funny thing about history. It's the funny thing about what people think they know and what actually is. People are more resigned to walk around in a group ignorance than the actual truth. Because sometimes the truth is a little bit harsher than what they tell you. Oh, that's true. Like, could you imagine you look you as a little kid learning that George Washington used to pull teeth out of his slaves' mouths to make his own dentures? How would that have shaped your reality growing up? Knowing that he made his dentures from the slaves? Right. To know, first of all, that George Washington had over 300 slaves. I'm going to throw another little fact in there. That he lived in Mount Vernon and used to grow marijuana. That's news to me. Then the third one is that he used to pull the teeth out of his own slaves to make dentures. How would that have shaped your reality growing up? I would be like, why are we celebrating this, man? That's just that's just the tip of it. Damn. I even I even helped this man uh when I put as Assassin's Creed video game. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? If you pull the money out your wallet right now, your wallet has money that's covered with rapists, pedophiles, slave owners. Wait, who was a pedophile? Don't say uh, Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson. I need you to say that. 
Ah, uh, so that is true. He, he did have a black family, huh? Yeah, it's a proven fact. <laughs> when 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 Abraham Lincoln tried to do the re, the, the re, um, tried to start the Reconstruction era, mm-hmm. one of the people on your um, notes of money, Ulysses S. Grant, dismantled it because he was a known racist. Well, wow. <clears throat> none of that. But I think that's pretty much just everything. Well, I ain't gonna say everything that went down this year. Uh, well, all right. What do you think about NBA players making these millions of dollars and refusing to get the COVID shot? I think that makes a statement. Um, there's a lot of people that I admire who didn't take the COVID shot. Ice Cube, Joe Rogan. Smart people. I'm like, if they're not taking it, you know. But the NBA players, like, my dude, you should have way more than enough money. But then again, you probably don't do it to your lifestyle. Well, uh, how long after somebody leaves a professional sport does it take for them to be broke? How many years? Huh. Five years. You right at it. Four years. Mm. Four years after leaving most professional sports, athletes are broke. See, if I had millions of dollars, I would still live how I'm living now. You know, I mean, I'll treat myself at times, but I don't want to go back to this. Well, see, it goes back to your financial awareness or education. So you're an NBA player, right? Uh-huh. You got a five-year contract for $30 million. Mm-hmm. That means you're making six mil a year, right? Yeah. Okay, so now you go out and you buy you a $2 million match. But never do that. Right, but that's what they do. What do you think the property tax would be on a $2 million match? <sighs> Maybe 25000 Okay, that's the low end of it, but yeah, I'll give it that. And that's per year. Yeah. Okay. So let's say you had a 10-year NBA career. That means on that property alone, you just spent 2.5 mil? It's no, 250,000 on just property tax. Mm-hmm. Okay. Once you leave the league, you still going to have that kind of money? <laughs> Nope. Not at all. You'd be better off buying you a nice little regular house. Maybe it's in a a, a specific type of neighborhood or community. But you got to think beyond the the, the, the lights. Beyond the fame. Because quite honestly, when most athletes leave the game, we don't give two shits about them. Pretty much. The only ones you really care about are the so-called superstars. Mm-hmm. But after most, the average player in, in any professional sport leaves, nobody gives two shits about him. Fuck him. And that's why I never got caught up in sports because, like, these baseball players, whatever, they make millions of dollars. I don't give a fuck who wins. I always said, you know, ain't nothing, they wasn't coming to my tournament, so fuck them. Yeah. I mean, I might have seen them there, but they wasn't there for me. Yeah. But as a wrap-up, 
I'm hoping the year 2022 shines a light on people. Man, I just hope I just hope nothing but positive vibes for you know a brand new start in the right direction. Well, I'm feeling that. I'm just on a different line of thought where why I got to wait for a new year to start doing something different. Well, the, the, the significance of the new year is basically... A Roman tradition. Is that what that is? <laughs> it's based off, we talked about it last week, a pagan holiday. Well, well, if that's the case, and every day is a new beginning. Exactly. Um, if that's the case, if anybody's listening, just keep your best foot forward. If you want something, put the work in to get it. Yeah, why wait till why, why wait till tomorrow for something you could do today? Yeah. And if you hold somebody, you know, close and near to your heart, let them know today and not tomorrow. Don't wait till it's too late. Yep. As they're saying right now in the hip hop community, give them their flowers now. Why wait till they're dead? Yeah. If you love somebody, let them know today. What's the take out of you to tell somebody I love you? It doesn't. Yo, Ninja, I love you, B. I could do that. <laughs> well, I love you too, Trucker. <laughs> saying I could do that. I ain't worried about what nobody thinks. Like I said, there ain't nobody else paying my bills. Well, no, you got the immature people who say, hey, yo. <laughs> Or pause, which I always hated. I'm like, guys, you obviously know people ain't gay over here. So. <laughs> no, nah, there's some things I can see saying pause over. Uh, well, yeah, I get that, but not Just everything. how it comes out, but yeah, some things get overblown. So is that it? Yeah. All right, people, that's the podcast. We're going to leave it on a positive note. Keep it pushing. Keep Don't it do pushing. drugs unless they're prescribed. I mean, even then, that's not too good either. Look both ways before you cross the street. Americans, please, let this be the year that y'all start using your damn turn signals. <laughs> okay? It's easy. It's simple stuff. Simple stuff. Put your phone down while you're driving. Ain't that important? I didn't really, I didn't realize how bad um, phones and cell, phone, uh, cell phones and driving was until I started realizing people were dying taking selfies. I'm like, if you that much to your phone like that, yeah. Yo, here's the thing. Here's when I knew it was a problem. You live in an apartment. You don't own a car. You don't have any savings in your bank account. You live alone. 
but you're willing to go out and spend a thousand plus dollars on a phone. That is no better than any other phone out on the market currently. At one time, Apple did have some features that other phones didn't have, but how long did that last? A few years. And then the phone became new when he took off the the air jack, you know, the Hawaii headphones. Now it came a new phone when he took the air jack off and everything like that. Well, no, I still got the headphone jack. I still got that. Well, you don't have a you don't have an iPhone. Yeah, because I, I I ain't spending that much money on a fucking phone. That shit don't make no sense to me. Uh, I'm on a payment plan always when it comes to iPhones. System got you, bro. I mean, they I, I ain't gonna, they got me on iPhone, bro. I love iPhone. And, and mind you, Apple's already been known to slow people down because they want you to buy the next joint. I know. Class action. I know. Trust me. Well, this is a damn good phone. <laughs> What makes it better than any other phone? I tried switching from Apple to uh, Android, and the Android was it the top of the line Android? No. So you got to make a comparison with the same thing. And the Android is for like a toy to me. It didn't even feel like a real phone. Well, Apple became a status symbol. For what? That no, you got it. Man, we stupid. <laughs> I'm just saying. That I same can... that same G that you put down on that phone, mm-hmm. you got a car. You could have started an SEC account. Oh, but that's the thing, man. I don't be putting $1,000 on these phones. What I do, I trade in my old phone for the new phone, which pays you're off still, a good. But you're still paying hundreds of dollars for it. I'm paying off. Well, the trading value was eight hundred dollars for a phone that was like twelve hundred. But how'd you get the eight hundred dollar phone? (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) And you know, I ain't talking about you, but I'm talking about these people that are behind the bills. They got student loan debt, credit card debt. But you gonna go drop a G on a phone? You stupid. Well, speaking of that. You know, Joe Biden increased the uh, student loan for parents to May 1st. Oh, that's what's up? Yeah, so I'm basically going to pay this shit off my damn self. That's just going to be paid off by May. Watch. Well, I'm going to just pay it off because that's what I owe. I ain't trying to get out of what I owe. Besides, I don't owe that much more anyway, so. Wow. Two racks, big deal. Right. I'm, I'm mine is seven racks right now. Yeah, but think about all these people that, that got hundreds of thousands. Oh, no, I, I'm not think about where you started. How many people started where you are and got it down to where you at? I said, well, I graduated over 18,000. And um, wasn't and I was stupid because I was just paying once a month. Here, during COVID, I was paying it once a week, every week. And that was the big ass difference. I was like, I should have did this shit this whole time. They just tell you, oh, one month payment, or you can just pay this shit over even faster. That's how they get you. You owe a thousand dollars on your credit card, but the minimum payment is eighty dollars. Yeah, pay that eighty dollars because I might need that other 
money so I can get me some fried wings and some French fries. Ah, uh, true. They basically make money off the interest. Like, like right now, I can't even pay off my tablet because they want to me make a few payments on it first. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. Usually six months into whatever payment plan you're in, that's when you can pay it off. Same thing with the business loan. You already know how that goes. I was like, damn. You want please. a certain amount of interest off it before you pay it off. Mm-hmm. That's how the system works. Yeah, you understand the system, you oh, yeah. the matrix. When it comes to business and starting a business, screw the whole idea when people say, yeah, no PG. No, this PG for everything. Everything. For the first two fucking years. <laughs> Everybody got their hand out. This is how business works. Yeah. I don't care what it is. Somebody wants something from you. Yeah. Yeah. But like you said, fam, that's the podcast. Y'all be safe out there. Strap up. Unless you live in one of them states like New York, California. High crime rates, but you can't walk around with nothing to protect yourself. What you mean, man? I be walking around with my Trojans all the time, son. Trojan man. (laughs) (laughs) Even though I should really start using those again. $5.99 will save you from 18 years of hardship. Or 21, depending on where you live. Yeah, I've been playing with fire my whole life. Mm-hmm. All right, people. We'll be back next week with some other interesting topic. Yeah, like the zombie apocalypse or taking the vaccine. Yeah. Or what Kool-Aid you think was the best? The fuck? <laughs> Why would you do that? Yo, Kool-Aid was part of, the, part of a culture, yo. I'm I'm gonna go with grape. Grape? Yeah. It's awfully black of you. I know. What you guys gonna say? Watermelon? <laughs> Yo, really? Honestly, they didn't have that many flavors anyway. Just saying, man. But we dumped so much sugar in that, bro. <laughs> yeah. That's why I just drank sugar water. It was the same shit. Yeah, it's kind of the reason why I stopped drinking iced tea when I just a whole bunch of sugar. Mm-hmm. That's the podcast, people. All right, people. Deuces. Peace. Till next time. We out. Go freezer on my chain. Go freezer. 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 Go freezer on me. Freezer chain. Go freezer on me. Freezer chain. Go freezer on me. Freezer chain. Go freezer on me. Go freezer on my chain. Go freezer. 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 Go freezer on me. Go freezer on me. Freezer chain. Go freezer on me. Freezer chain. Go freezer on me. Go freezer on my chain. Go freezer. 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 Go freezer on me. 
freezer on my chain. Go freezer. Go freezer on my chain. Go freezer. Go freezer on my chain. Go freezer. Go freezer on me. Freezer chain. Go 